0: Hello, welcome to Beyond the Filter. I am here. My name is Liz Ryerson. I am here with the one, the only uh, Doc Future, aka, uh, what, Topher Florence, aka Doc Future. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so I'm a big fan of your videos. Uh, I got introduced to them, I think, from, well, your poster, you posted, or you maybe still post on Select Button, correct?
1: Right, I think we have some friends in common there, so
0: yeah, select button is like a video game uh weird video game forum. Uh video game hipster forum. I don't know how to describe it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> 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 um and I, I was on it very briefly, but uh you were also on something awful, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And and you make a lot of videos uh, some people might have seen some of them. I, I know a lot of people were posting the uh uh funky kong uh <laughs> relaxing funky kong asthma video right uh gives you a ride back from the airport um my biggest my biggest inspiration which i was actually going to play um i did like a talk at indicate east and like at the beginning just as a non sequitur i was going to play like the intro to one of your sonic 2 special edition let's play videos like mm-hmm. where it like zooms out of the universe and then like zooms in on like knuckles or something like that <laughs> and then i was just gonna stop it there and not <laughs> not give any context but the video codec didn't work with like <laughs> the laptop they made me use so. oh that's a shame <laughs> yeah i was really sad about that uh, but yeah, no, I think there's a lot of like uh, artistry to your videos, and that's why I wanted to have you on. I wanted to ask you about it. So um, I guess I wanted to ask you first, like, um, what, where you, uh, like, where did you get your start? Uh, like, what communities online did you join, um, and what were your like inspirations um, on some of these videos?
1: Sure. I mean, I think the, the first couple of videos. That are on my my doc future account on YouTube came out of uh, something awful forums, even before the Let's plays. Uh, the first couple of those are, are like uh, they, were, they made threads where there were video contests where you just say okay, you make a video where you talk in Batman's voice here, or make a video where there's just ill-fitting music. And I was like, well, and you know, I I didn't really edit video then, and I just kind of. So well I can teach myself premiere by learning how to do this kind of stuff, you know. So I kind of dove in and those were some they got a good reaction, so I kinda, of, you know, I'm kind of narcissistic so you get it <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like the attention so you keep, you know, doing the same kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean I think we all are at some level. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Especially anyone who makes quote unquote content online. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but so that's interesting, like the uh dynamic of those Uh, Something Awful, like, specifically about, like, I've heard that there's, like, I I never participated in Something Awful. I wasn't one of the cool kids. Um, But it feels like uh, there is kind of a a lot of, like, that sort of, like, weird Twitter and that kind of stuff came from there, and there's that kind of, like, interest in the more kind of strange and surreal and um, odd experience online.
1: Um, right. I You know, I think this this kind of, the the kind of humor that you see even on TV today is kind of filtered down, let's say, from things like maybe Mystery Science Theater or Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and kids who grew up watching those, maybe they, you know, things like Something Awful or 4chan or New Grounds in the early days of the internet, that's kind of places where they post and, you know, that kind of got all stuck inside of us. I think there's maybe even something to the idea that people my age like I'm I'm 34 so I grew up with Saturday morning cartoons that were already sort of uh metafictional let's say <laughs> they were already talking about you know breaking the fourth wall constantly and uh, talking about seasons and stories and episodes within them so maybe our brains never had a chance to just be normal in the first place, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't think there is any real normal with this stuff. Sure. I mean, like, yeah, it it is weird for me to think about um, kids growing up, and we were talking about it right before I started recording, uh, mm-hmm. kids growing up with, like, uh, YouTubers now who talk about, like, classic gaming or whatever, and kids who get into, like, you know, Nintendo and Atari and that stuff. Yeah. Uh, just based on that, it's really... Weird for me to think about, like how like YouTube personalities are have become their like Saturday morning cartoons in a weird way.
1: That is kind of weird. It's like there there used to be maybe a guy at the record store who'd recommend you something or something like that, you know. But now, with everything kind of open, it's got you know it's got good and bad sides.
0: But yeah, I I think about that in terms of like uh one of my biggest I mean it, it's weird to think about how much uh I like I went back and watched through the simpsons recently like up to season the end of season eight because mm-hmm. that's that's like <laughs> that's generally the agreed upon point where like right after that is where the simpsons starts to get bad um, <laughs> right. i mean like i independently reached that conclusion when i was a kid like i felt like something was really off um around that point but like I grew up with that and there, there's so much like non sequiturs and like a lot of very strange, a lot of references to things that I had no idea about. Like, um, mm-hmm. but, and, and I was been listening to this podcast, uh, this guy, Bob Mackey, who I know of because, uh, I knew him in the Bay Area, but, um, he does a podcast, he he also does a podcast called Retronauts, but he, he does a podcast mm-hmm. uh, called Talking Simpsons, where they talk about, like, each episode of The Simpsons, um, and, like, sequentially, and it's been really interesting to listen to, just, like, to get a sense of, like, one, like, all the references to pop culture and stuff, like, context behind them that I had no idea about, but two, like, just talking about how... People talking about how their sense of humor and, like, their sense of reality developed around this, like, TV, this programming, (laughs) this, like, very surreal stuff.
1: I think there's definitely something to that. Because when you think about these, the the way... Right now on YouTube, in fact, there's, like, official annotated Mystery Science Theater. So it's kind of like these old uh, VH1 pop-up videos. Where every time they make a reference, they'll actually put it on screen so you can kind of get a little taste of what they actually mean. I think there's something, when you're a kid, you hear people making references, you just think it's kind of funny, even without, just in an abstract way. Yeah. Even without truly understanding the references. <laughs> you just hear a funny old name and it's just Fatty McGee and you're like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, is, that is kind of how my videos work, right? Like, I'm not some person who's above nostalgia, but it's like it's what's in there is a lot of obscure clips a lot of strange references to things that I don't really list out on there so the the part of the effect of my videos is just you're seeing something it's like what what could this even be where is this from you know and that's this part of the effect that I'm going for sometimes
0: yeah that makes sense i mean uh another big inspiration for me i think growing up that i don't recognize but have internalized was like uh the show rocko's modern life on, <laughs> on nickelodeon which is like very strange and very surreal um yeah and i think i grew up like uh listening to stuff that in in retrospect was very strange like i was listening to um like musically i think it's the biggest thing for me i was listening to um uh one of the early like beck albums the other day Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, there's just like so many bizarre non sequiturs and things like that. There's like like country and folk music in there, but there's also like weird hip hop references. But and there's also like just strange non sequitur, like avant garde performance art kind of stuff, and like mm-hmm. random sampling. And like you know, I guess if I, if I went back with no context, I'd be kind of like like oh, lol, this is so random. You know, like kind of. i don't necessarily view it the same way now but it's weird because that was my sense of what was normal Mm -hmm. and yeah well yeah but like that that kind of reflected in when i started making music i was like okay i'm gonna make music based on this because like for me what was normal was like that or like you know like radiohead or something like that like Mm-hmm. And I just didn't really, wasn't really affected by maybe some of the more mainstream pop culture. So, like, I always just felt like, it, it was weird because um, I was like, why why am I so different? And I, I think it's like, because, like, that stuff affects you so much and you don't even realize it. Like, when you internalize stuff early on, like, um, that that says a lot about the way that you, like, are going to, like, process the world and deal with, like, things that you make. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think part of it, it, it really maybe turntablism and DJ stuff, you know, you'd always hear, where's this weird sample from? Where's this guy just from the 50s talking? Where is that from? You know, just random things like that. And there's there's kind of a fine line when you're trying to make something that's actually funny. And, you know, me talking about all this is just, you know, making it not funny. So I won't look at that out of the way anyway. But... But when you're trying to make something funny, the that thin kind of line between this is just uh completely random nonsense and there's there's a little bit of logic to this and just enough logic so it's actually funny or entertaining in some way, or addictive, or you know, in, in whatever you're trying to do in that way.
0: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of your humor specifically relies on just being mysterious. Mm-hmm. Like I'd agree. Yeah, like the um the video that you have up as your, uh, like, uh, autoplay video on your channel, that Sonic 2 video that's, like, uh, one hour long and, <laughs> like, Sonic DJ, but then has this, like... Is that is that music from... um What's that game called? That Sonic uh, uh, DS game?
1: Yeah. So, th- that video... Let, let, for that one specifically, let's just... To ruin the mystery. Okay. That's just... That is from, the, yeah, the The dancing itself is from a Sonic game. It's from a, what was what the most recent one? Sonic Boom for oh, ds or Oh, Sonic like that. Boom, yeah. And then the music is from Sonic Chronicles DS. And there's a lot, throughout the, the, the clip, there's lots of sprinkled in, like, things that were left in Sonic games. Like, in, in Sonic 06, the notoriously bad, you know, worst Sonic games, supposedly. They 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 actually leave in voice takes that were, didn't go correctly.
0: Oh.
1: So some of that is mixed in there, and it's just it's just kind of a a, a sloppy mess of of things that are silly about Sonic games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird, like uh, how Sonic has become this weird like meme, uh, and like it's it's kind of associated with this like uh. No, like there's just like it's just like trashy or something.
1: Yeah, it almost just doesn't. There's there's certain icons, things become iconic, like maybe SpongeBob or Sonic or things like that, that kind of just go beyond all or whatever original meaning they may have had, and just become complete ciphers for just either nonsense or just universal emotion or whatever. You know, just memes kind of just flatten everything out to a degree. <laughs> But in a it's a weird
0: way. It's always, like, a take on pop culture in a way that is making it more either, like, surreal or disturbing. Like, I've noticed that. Uh, mm. With SpongeBob, it's, it's, like, Patrick suicide. He commits suicide in this episode. I think that's, like, one... There's, like, a meme or, like, a video about that. It's, like... Or, no, no, Squidward suicide. That's what it is. Mm. Uh And, like, Sonic, it's, like weird surreal creepiness a lot of the time
1: yeah i could see that i mean i also see a lot of spongebob stuff you know twitter or instagram or things like that people just kind of like oh yeah this is how i feel when this happens you know and it's just you know that's just in general for every kind of thing i guess but
0: oh yeah i noticed that with the youtube poops too like Mm. um like like you know hank hill has hidden anger issues (laughs) <laughs> or like, uh, there's that that Simpsons wave stuff that that was like a really brief thing. Did you yeah. you you heard about that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I've seen some of that. It's pretty <laughs> it's it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, there was like one video where like supposedly like the narrative of that was edited together was that Ned Flanders killed Bart, mm. and they were like using all the clips to like build that narrative. It was actually pretty clever.
1: That kind of stuff, the Simpsons wave stuff, especially reminds me of on the old internet, that site, uh, you're the man now, dog. Yeah. And that kind of just, you see a, a picture or an animated GIF and it's just repetitive over and over again. The stuff kind of actually presaged Vine in a way, I guess. Yeah. Because it just, just loops over and over again of the same kind of weird content and things like that.
0: You're right that Vine has sort of replaced that. It's we- It's weird, though, because uh, these things have become – like, there were things that were, like, kind of internet – within the internet sort of memes. Like, like you're the man, now dog sort of became popular, but it was within, like, internet forum communities and stuff like yeah. that. Whereas Vine is used by everyone. Well, not right. everyone, but, you know, like a much wider user base.
1: Right. There, there wouldn't be the, – the stuff back then, like, Mr. T ate my balls or whatever <laughs> – from the old internet those those sort of proto memes work in a, in a slightly different way than things do now I think.
0: Yeah, I guess your your stuff definitely seems more part of that community uh in some ways in that um mm-hmm. a lot of it is specifically references to pop culture and like old cartoons and stuff like that. Um whereas it feels like I mean that stuff still happens today but uh in in the more like mainstream sphere, there's like a little bit less of that stuff going on. I feel like.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say my stuff is has a zeros sensibility if that's a thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what what is zeros?
1: Like the 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 aughts. Oh, oh okay, yeah. The two thousands.
0: Yeah, well, and I, I, I don't know. I was talking to uh Nat- Natalie Lawhead, who uh makes uh, this thing called Tetrageddon games. Um mm-hmm. that is uh if you haven't played it I definitely recommend it. It's free um tetrageddon.com, but it's like uh all flash games based around just this idea of like b- the bizarre and irritatingness of like internet memes and internet culture. Um yeah. And there's a lot of like uh strange like she makes it in flash and there's a lot of really strange interactions and stuff like that um between, you know, it loads in a web browser but there are a lot of video clips and there's a lot of like, you know, random click on something and it does something unexpected and takes you to a portal completely somewhere else that's completely unrelated to whatever is the game is supposed to actually be. Uh but what the game is supposed to actually be is pretty loose like Uh, That reminds me more of that sort of sensibility and the sensibility in your videos that like you, you kind of don't know what to expect and what happens when you click on something. There's that level of like total mystery there. Um, And I feel like that is being lost with a lot of stuff like Hmm. these days. And I, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I think maybe, maybe there's sort of a, it's, Maybe more today, it's more like you're trying to pitch for a sketch comedy show or something like that. Yeah. people are making videos. It's a little bit more polished, a little bit more straightforward. I mean, this, the, when I try to make something, I try to, I, I, I mean, I don't have like a, a grand vision or anything for my videos. I, I usually try to make something that's funny to me. It's not like I'm making money off of this. I, I can't because half of the stuff is copyrighted and it's on YouTube. So, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm more worried about it getting taken down in the first place than worried about making money from that stuff. So, but yeah, I, I definitely think that the stuff I make, I, I, sometimes I try to, I just, the, the effect I want to do is cause anxiety. <laughs> or I, I'll make you, I know, something like a, my goslin video for the, the Kingdom Hearts thing. That what I want to do is just say, okay, what, what if this was a real video? Because the way people browse the, or the Funky Kong video, the same thing. Mm-hmm. The way people browse the internet, they kind of just—they don't even look at the channel it comes from. They'll just look at one video and pass it around, and you know, and say, "Can you believe this? This, 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 this is this real? This person does this?" And you know, I—I I kind of like an internet where you can't exactly trust everything. Yeah. I kind of enjoy that—that that level of kind of—I don't know. But I—and with those, I try to make them so they're not like you know, super mean spirited or anything. I, I, I more want people when they see them to just think that, you know, the the person who's making this is, is should not exist. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I definitely, that, that's what I like about your videos is there's a lot of, like, online meme stuff or there's a lot of that stuff that's just trying to, like, troll people in a really obvious way. Yeah. And that stuff never really responded to me as much as, like, yeah you click on one of your videos and it's like what w- wait what what is this like what's going on right now uh and like you've seen enough of them then you start to like you know sense the patterns and all the, the like references to other videos like sure. you have like so many references to friends <laughs> i I still to this day I show people that uh the the uh, uh semi alphabetical list of black <laughs> actors and friends that's one of my favorite
1: videos of yours. that's a lot of fun, yeah. I think when that's part of the reason why I don't like to repeat myself a lot. I mean, I, I probably will make some like sequels to my videos here and there. But, um, cause it's more interesting when you're just kind of, it's just kind of a mystery box. You're just kind of looking in there as what's, what's next. You know, I have to think about it like that when people who are subscribed to me and it feels like, you know, I feel lucky that I can just put something up and, you know, think to myself, okay, at least 2,000 people will definitely see this. Yeah. You know, and pass it around. So if I have the space to do whatever I want, then... I don't want to give people the same thing all the time, or I don't want to get it too, you know, tired. I mean, I, I'd have a lot more stress if, if I was doing this, like a Patreon or something uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah you know. that's, um, <laughs> as, that, somebody, that, that as would... somebody who
0: has a Patreon, I, yeah. I definitely agree with that.
1: <laughs> that would cause me a lot more stress and, and anxiety, trying to worry about what, what, what exactly does my audience want, and what do they need here, and what are they, you know, but when i do it the way i do it which is you know at this point i i kind of barely ever make a video honestly yeah <laughs> it's it's it, and it's more that's more just down to personal life stuff mm-hmm. you know i just just not having the time or the space to to make it or the energy at certain times you know yeah but you know i I like it when i do have the motivation to make videos i can just either crank them out or just put them up when I want, and I don't really owe people things for it, you know. Mm. It's, 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 it's much easier to do this kind of weird thing as a hobby yeah. than trying to do it as a job.
0: Yeah, I've definitely noticed that with... I, I feel like I made my best art before I had Patreon, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of, like, trying to balance and, you know, do what I can for Patreon yeah. while still... I'm trying to, like, I don't know, maybe I just need to make it more explicit... This is something I've been struggling a lot with. Uh, uh, I guess I maybe I should make it more explicit. Like, this thing is for Patreon and this thing is not. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I make it intentionally vague, which makes it hard because I start to think about, oh, everyone wants me to. Everyone, like, wants me to write about this current game and have a certain kind of take on it. Or, you know, everyone wants me to make a certain kind of video, you know, based on something that I might have done in the past. And that can be, that's, like, really exhausting. Um, and I don't know, I, I think about, like, the mental health of, like, a lot of YouTubers, especially, like, Let's Players or, uh, you know, people who do, like, game reviews kind of stuff. Like, a lot of those people have a lot, like, they do that as a living, um and it's just a constant stress because you're always like beholden to your viewers and like people's it, being interested in you and right. you know yeah that's that's hard and that's the thing that like uh we miss with like i don't know the thing that i also like about your videos and this is just like kind of a weird like not something that you can really control but the fact that when you click on one of your videos your videos have a decent number of views to them so um mm. Like if you're just somebody who's clicking around, uh, you see that that has a reasonable number of views, so you're more likely to think that that thing is what is described in the title.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I think that that's that's really when I think about people's mental health and stuff like that on YouTube or like the try everybody just trying to squeeze just a little bit of a drop of water from the stone of all this social media stuff, just to you know survive. It's really really exhausting. But yeah, I mean, I and you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on, I'm going to get on Patreon, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm going to have to do something. I'm going to have to say, okay, I'm going to make this kind of video, start another channel and say, okay, I, this is something that I can not, not, not factory crank out, but something that I can reliably do mm-hmm. over and over again. The kind of videos that I make, I cannot, you know, reproduce constantly. <laughs> Yeah. If, if 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 I could make videos like my Sonic One video, where I'm just this stream of consciousness talking over a game, mm-hmm. over and over again with reliably with a level of quality that I could be satisfied with, I would. But it's not, you know. Yeah. It, it's, the stuff I do is kind of too specific, I guess. Is is in a weird way.
0: Yeah, that is. I don't know. It's it's weird to think about. Um, I'm like, uh, I had a. Um, So going back a little bit, I had a, um, I think like, so let's plays have been around for a while since like, I don't, I don't know exactly how long since I guess video was easy to started to become easier to post on the internet.
1: Like, yeah. um, but, um, and even before that there were screenshot let's plays. Yeah, that's true. People doing pictures and walkthroughs and things like that, you know?
0: Yeah. Like the let's play archive, which is, uh, basically a branch or originally ori- originated from something awful right yeah and that yeah. was like earlier let's play a lot of those are screenshots and commentary and there's a really and you can still find those to some extent like if you search on game forums and things like that but they're more of a niche thing i guess mhm um but um i had a i think i I I kind of dismissed the stuff because I just felt like oh it's just people playing through games and funny voices or whatever because I guess even back then that that whole trend had sort of started, um, but I had a friend who was like oh no you should like uh, you should like watch these really surreal Let's Plays and he introduced me <laughs> to um, this something awful Let's Play of Sonic 2006 um, which I think oh, is yeah. on YouTube now but. Um, it was uh pokey captain and kung fu jesus and right. medibot i think medibot is my favorite part of that video <laughs> um but it's like it's them playing through sonic 2006 but it's them playing through it consecutively like they didn't take any breaks like they recorded the whole thing in a weekend and uh they had like they had like things like they announced like trivia and rewards and they like read through reviews of it. And they talked about, there's a lot of stuff going on during the, the, the video and like, and, and then also like, you know, like just stuff going on in their life happening at too. Like at one point they like order Chinese food and talk about like the Chinese food that they order <laughs> and like, and like are eating it while they're doing it. I don't know. There's that kind of like weird documentary sense of capturing a moment. Plus like, there's very kind of surreal commentary. Plus you get the sense of like what the game is. And like, this isn't like the most amazing thing ever, but like when I discovered it, like I was like really fascinated by it. I like watched
1: it. Like, um, I just like, I watched the, I watched
0: it through the whole thing. Like, and it's like 30 hours long.
1: (laughs) And that, that was all, you know, pre Twitch and everything else. And you know, people now they're kind of used to that, but for something back then for them to kind of just go in there and, it does. It feels nice when you watch, and you can feel somebody else's humanity, kind of, you know, coming off the video.
0: Yeah, because because Twitch, you have like people who make their livelihood off of it. So they're sitting and they have the cam of their face, and you see yeah. their like reaction or whatever. And it's just them in a room. Like it isn't really. You don't really get that sense of. Or in even when you see like like game grumps or something like that, like uh, groups of people playing through games, it's obvious that they're trying to provide. It's almost like like you said, that sketch comedy thing, like they're trying to provide humor and it's kind of forced in a way, like sometimes.
1: Sure. You know, there's, there's that, there's sort of, I think with dudes, there is a drive within them when they, when they see something stupid, they got to make either, you know, oh, I got to make the dirtiest joke about this. I got to make, <laughs> yeah. I got to make the, say the stupidest, most obvious thing about this, you know, instantly. And it's kind of, you know, when you, when we're kind of, people are having their adolescences played out large you know being recorded for hours and hours on end and that yeah you know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing i'm very glad that i grew up when i did without <laughs> without being able to constantly upload video of myself you know i'm, I'm already i already have enough anxiety with The things i posted say eight years ago you know <laughs> yeah. i don't want to think what i would have posted if, if youtube existed when i was 15 you know that would have yeah. been Something crazy,
0: so. I, I still have anxiety about my OC Remix stuff, and I did that when I was, mm. like, started doing that when I was 15. Um, <laughs> I was on this website called OC Remix. Did you? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I, I, I almost posted one. I'll put it that way. That they I were... posted a, a, a Spinyard Zone Remix. People liked it, and then I forgot it existed.
0: <laughs> like, uh, OC Remix was so... It was pr- pretty darn clickish and like there once they had the quality standards like it started to become a really weird space but anyway, I'm actually gonna do a whole episode about that with one of my friends from that oh, community uh, so I'm excited about that um, <laughs> I may or may not post that one before this one I'm not sure but yeah I was like I, I have a, a friend who uh, who's been a part of that community a really long time and she also her. Her boyfriend has like was like a huge member of that community, so we we have a lot of stories about that stuff.
1: There are, yeah, there are things about that, like you said. that you, you have, I, I noticed on OC remixes myself as someone who used to listen to it. Okay, oh, suddenly this many v- songs have improvisation for a very long time. This many have an electric guitar. Suddenly, this you know, it's kind of patterns you can sense in there.
0: Yeah, and it's very specific to the community, um, but like and their quality standards. After a certain point, you couldn't just do straight up remix of something or rearrangement you had to add stuff to it but the way that people added stuff to it was kind of strange a lot of the time and given th- it's how i started learning how to make music it it kind of gave me some weird uh ideas about what that was what you were actually supposed to do that i've had to shed now <laughs> but you know so does going to music school so so it's, sure. it's you know it's it's apples and oranges um, but yeah, no the finishing the let's play thing like uh after a while, I discovered your sonic one easy mode, let's play and the mm-hmm. um the Sonic two special edition, which is m- probably my favorite thing that you've done because mm-hmm. it's it's a let's play of a i I'm just gonna explain it if that's okay, it's sure it's fairly old at this point, so I figure it's okay to ruin the joke,
1: yeah, it's okay, <laughs>
0: um. But it's a let's play of a bonus, quote-unquote, bonus edition of Sonic 2 that uh, your uncle who works for Sega supposedly had, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sega.
1: It changes every video, I think. <laughs>
0: and it's funny. There's a game that called The Uncle Who Works for Nintendo now. I don't know if you've ever heard of that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, it, it, th- Basically, it's like you're, you're playing with all this trivia and all this, like, game commercials and sort of game press, like, magazine kind of cliche things that were happening around the time and referencing that information, but in a way that is just totally, like, not true at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But the thing that I really like about it is it gradually, it has a progression, like, it gradually gets more <laughs> and more surreal as it goes on.
1: And... I do like that. You know, the, the, for that video, when when I grew up and Sonic 2 came out, the, and this was, you know, there were BBSs, there was Prodigy, stuff like that, but, you know, there wasn't Game Facts like it exists today or things like that. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is really one of the weirdest games for secrets to have in it. It's, it's got all these weird debug modes, you can put two Tailses on the screen... <laughs> You could, it, and there's so many rumors behind it, you know, and it, 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 those old, you know, playground rumors that you used to have, things like, you know, all the weird stuff you could do in Mortal Kombat or you can make Luigi a new... And, uh,
0: Luigi and Super Mario Bros. 64, or Super Mario exactly. 64.
1: Right, right. And so, for that Sonic the Special Edition, I just said, okay, what if the, the rumors were true, but, you know, to the nth degree, to the craziest degree possible, you know, and... <laughs> I kind of just so at that point, I was just having fun with every video. It's just oh, I make this one a different style. I have different kind of narrations. I'll reference things I reference in earlier videos and just contradict it just just for the point of it, you know. And it's a lot of fun. I put in a lot of my favorite OC remixes in there.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs>
1: I didn't even know that. And it's it it I I like it a lot. And I think I'll probably make a Sonic Three One sometime soon.
0: Cool. Yeah.
1: I, I have a lot. I have a lot. Uh, like the way a lot of times way I make videos, I just kind of, I don't. They don't actually just come out instantly. <laughs> I kind of just build up a lot of ideas for maybe a year or so, mm-hmm. and then once I've had this all, I just okay, this is this is as much as I can probably do on it. I can just you know, release that like like this way. Like my 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 Garfield video. Yeah. <laughs> that that one it was like I wrote those lyrics just over uh you know when I had nothing to do at some point, point. <laughs> and I though those lyrics sat around and then I saw something else in the video. And I said, oh, okay, I can use that. I can use this. And you know, I I, I say I have kind of a a wiki mind. <laughs> right? So I you know it it's not a good thing all the time, but but like. I I think of something and I think of you know I, I become obsessed with it and for pop culture and I just uh, I just have a, a lot of memory for pointless facts that that <laughs> hints hint how I could make that video with so many Friends actors in it you know <laughs> I I did sit down and you know scrub through a lot of Friends videos and wait for a see a black face you know that's I, that's literally what I did I, I oh sorry
0: go ahead I'll, I'll...
1: <laughs> but um. Yeah, so so when I become, you know, I I have kind of these compulsions and I think about things a lot, so I can, essentially what it boils down to is my videos are just kind of an advanced form of me, a a release of my pattern recognition. (laughs) So all all my things I thought about Sonic 2, and you know, I, I can just put them in here and say, okay, this is from this, this commercial, this weird Japanese thing, you know, I can put it all in here and just have that idea and just let that be that
0: well yeah i think the funny thing of like seeing all that culture at once kind of it has the effect of just being like really disorienting yeah yeah um but i don't know i i like what i liked about the the let's play videos you did is it sort of treats it like almost as an art form or like this is this this like this idea that i'm playing a game is only a suggestion i can go (laughs) on in my own territory and do whatever I want and it's like it's sad because I don't feel like I've seen people do that with let's plays at all like uh maybe outside of like one or two things because I think like I don't know uh the way that it works now is it's so instantaneous like everyone is making things very instantaneously um and even when they're editing, like, they're editing it because they want to do a review. And those game reviews, like, there's a lot of, like, cliches about thoughts, uh, people's thoughts about games or game history or whatever. Like, I got, I kind of went down this wormhole recently. Like, I watched, like, a lot of, like, uh, retro NES channels because I was really into retro. Like, I was a little too young for the NES, just, like, a little bit. So I yeah. got the tail end of it. Um but i was obsessed with the nes and me and my brother were and so we collected them like back in the late 90s when it was easy to do that now it's like <laughs> now it's like games are really expensive and um you know maybe it'll start to go back down at some point but um there's a lot of clichés that you hear repeated on these channels like oh you know this game is dated or you know blah 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 and that kind of stuff and you know i think some of the like Ways that people are getting their information, like angry video game nerd and stuff like that, <laughs> is kind of like you know people s- assume that sort of factual information that they yeah. you know that 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 have internalized. That's that that's like the whole truth, even when it isn't. Like it, a lot of the the opinions and ideas that people have about games that were made by Japanese companies kind of uh uh don't. Integrate in like actual knowledge of Japanese culture,
1: (laughs) right? I I agree. I I think there's something about you know quote unquote games culture that lends itself to a hard consensus, even more than other media. And maybe like I I think there's something about games where a game if you like a game it's almost it's it's like the worst parts of sports fandom and religion. (laughs) <laughs> and like comic book and movie consumerism, all like rolled into one, you know. Yeah. So consensus forms; it becomes very solidified in people's minds. I remember in, in old video game magazines, you know, you know, there's that weird thing throughout all magazines: dude, everybody hates minecart levels, you know, <laughs> just weird things like that. And then later on, we, you know, the the runner genre takes off, which is, you know, it's just minecart levels. Yeah. So millions of people love them, <laughs> but you know, it's just that that little the little bubble of people. And maybe even back then they might have all been, you know, if they weren't all in the Bay Area or New York, you know, just publish it back when there were magazines.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But um yeah, I definitely think that the 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 YouTube videos as well kind of have a style where there's not a lot of there's not a lot of room for people who just want to be curious or enjoy something, or just look at something normally, and say it's always a performance. Mm-hmm. It's always okay. I, I this is the worst thing ever. I gotta you know I gotta curse and spit and and fall over in my chair because this sprite looks wrong. You know, I was like,
0: yeah. Well, and I think the thing that bothers me. Uh, one of the things that bothers me about it is that it's like I, when I watch those videos, I'm like, oh, I'm really curious to hear what this person has to say, and then, it, but it's like not what this person has to say at some level. It's it's like they're echoing some sort of consensus or canon or something like that that gets established around that. I, I mean, I have some background and context for, like, I understand that because I to some extent grew up reading video game magazines like what I was introduced to like I read PC Gamer more than I read some of the other ones but I was interested in console games it just like I never was like directly as like you know involved with that but like um and there's an element like uh of of curiosity I think that is definitely missing from these from like let's plays in general and from from these like The way that people talk about media of the past in this sort of really matter-of-fact way.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Like some of my favorite Let's Plays are like there there is a lot. The old Let's Play, (laughs) one of the old something awful was. Research indicates he did a. a, He's a poster who created a, a series for Jurassic Park Trespasser, and it was really good. It was really in depth really uh detailed he he you know he it's not a, it's not a great game consensus but that wasn't his point you know mm-hmm. he was very interested in the mechanics very interested in, in how it looked and everything like that very historically interesting you know uh frank Sefaldi has a good let's play an annotation let's play uh of gimmick yeah i've watched 30s. that one.
0: i've watched that one
1: i think that one's very good uh you know just because his his depth of knowledge depth and breadth um Lee Alexander, she does those lo-fi let's plays, mm-hmm. and she, you know, looks up old uh, maybe Commodore 64, Apple II games, and just kind of they're they're more similar to my Sonic One video. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they're, they're much more in, in in the sense that they're calm. Yeah, <laughs> in the sense that they're just they're here. She just kind of as an exploration. They say, well, what does this look like? What do I remember about this game? What is well, you know,
0: and it's stuff that like. I mean, I've started to appreciate that stuff more like uh, old computer games, C- C64, Spectrum, DOS games, just because those aren't necessarily part of, like, the culture of what's popular out there Riff. these days. Like, it's console games, and it's it's specifically mostly Japanese console games, which is kind of weird for me to think about, because, like, in other aspects of culture, like, like film or whatever, like... Uh, that kind of stuff isn't considered part of the mainstream canon necessarily. Like, like people might be interested in J-horror or something like that, but it's not considered part of the main critical canon. The main critical canon in, like, movies is mostly white European dudes and some Americans. Mm -hmm. But, like, in video games, it's sort of weirdly the opposite. It's like all these Japanese games and, and all these white European dudes are, like, or, like, you know... Like Russian games or whatever, like aren't included in that. Uh, it's a it's a weird flip, yeah. but like, it, but that knowledge. I feel like that knowledge of like, uh, these games made by Japanese companies uh is very limited in a lot of ways.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean their their corporate culture was so secretive. You might not even get the credit on somebody. You know, I I mean I, I'm I have my own searches. You know, I'm an obsessive person, so I want to know who made the original Burger Time, right? <laughs> and i gotta go through this site and this site and look up old patent information you know <laughs> to even begin to get a clue
0: yeah
1: on who does stuff like that you know and i think maybe something similar is happening not from let's say a professional academic critical stance but maybe something is happening now with with movies as in genre stuff zombies and superheroes and stuff like that yeah where that's kind of taken up all the air
0: it, it is in starting. The,
1: in it, in in the same way that video games, you know, Japanese console games took up all the air in the 80s. Like, maybe in the future people will just look back on these and they'll see the nuances and they'll enjoy them in their own way, but these, you know, more independent movies, things like that won't get the same kind of breathing room, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I do think genre movies are, um, are becoming like an increasing part of discussion. And there is that kind of like weird anti-intellectualism that accompanies that, um, i guess there's like two there's two sides of it there's like you know there's that european art sensibility which is extremely stuffy and like racist and sexist and a lot of other things but then there's also like the the idea that you can whatever your vision doesn't matter what it is you can go out there and you can make it and you can realize your unique vision whereas on the other side it's like oh you know i like zombies so i should you know, why can't I make something that is kind of goofy and fun? And that's great, but also accompanies, like, oh, you're not making it within the genre, you're not trying to fit the rules, or everything is, like, looked at in terms of genre. And that's, like, very much where video games are at, but it feels like also popular media, a lot of it is, is there, too. Um, like, TV shows and, and film, especially.
1: Yeah, I, I guess this, this part of stuff I put in my videos is like, maybe I'll put in a clip of something, but it's just, it has a weird little bit of humanity or a weird little bit of oddness into it. You know, an actor making a weird gesture, a weird dance, something that's, that would not be part of a polished package in the Mm -hmm. modern era. And, and the the fact that we have so much stuff like this now, part of that that's kind of what's in our brain mainly is part of the thing. I think my videos work because people see that it's like, this, this isn't, even this little six-second clip of something, you know, that's similar, I guess, to like Everything is Terrible or, yeah, you know, stuff like that. I'm a big fan just, of
0: Everything is Terrible.
1: Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> Found Footage Festival, stuff like that. Yeah. Where they'll, they'll, they'll take, you know, they'll find old VHS stuff and extract it. And sometimes in the, in the same way that I do, you know, without context, just put it up there. Mm-hmm. And that little bit of creativity, that little bit of, you know, interest... That that that'll be something. It just kind of sparks you to life for a second, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's the same reason I put like an- samples of answering machine tapes in my music or things like <laughs> that, because like there's a there's a whole extra story behind that that is that is now part of the music that you can't ignore, you know. Um, I don't know. I find that I find that interesting, and like yeah, yeah, I I um. Where was I going with that? Oh, the thing I wanted to say about your Friends video as sort of a non sequitur is... Sure. Um, so I think in this day and age, we expect, like, when we see something that's titled a certain way, you expect that information to come to you in a certain way, and you expect it to have a certain perspective. And there's a lot of, like, uh, kind of more social justice-oriented stuff that uh has has become popular on the Internet, Um, sort of... T- like clickbait kind of stuff and yeah. and so there's that expectation maybe that uh certain certain things will fit into that but i saw like so i saw like um in your semi alphabetical list of black actors with speaking roles and friends like <laughs> i saw somebody like that video got popular enough to be posted on like forums or somebody posted about it on a website or i, I don't remember exactly yeah, yeah. But someone was like, oh, see? See, there was actually a lot of black actors on Friends. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that was the point of the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and other people were like, uh, well, they were all like waiters, though. <laughs> you know, like, or something else. And, like, the thing is, like, there isn't necessary. Like, in some ways, yes, there is a larger point that emerges from this. But that wasn't necessarily the immediate intention behind making the video. Like, sure. And, like... I think people don't know what to do with that information like they don't know what to do when they're presented with something that's like this is factual you draw your own conclusions like i think it's funny and you and it it is obviously funny because like they are all like you know waiters or like weird parts like that but like yeah
1: just side characters
0: but like at the same time like i think people expect it to have like a a, an exact pinpointed point of view or something when it's like, uh, and and when and when there's something isn't like, you sort of have to draw your own conclusions about it and be like, okay, yeah, okay, I see why this like all makes sense. Like, um, <laughs> people are like confused about that.
1: Yeah, I I definitely noticed after I posted it, people people thought that I either I was you know I was defending friends, I was insulting friends, I was doing something else. You know, I it it, it all came from the exact same information. It's just. I just, I just wanted to make a silly rap, <laughs> you know, it's, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that a there's a cop out Some so many people, you know, comedians are like, Oh yeah, my stuff is on politics free. You know, that's, that's, that's nonsense. Yeah. But, but in this situation, what I, you know, it's not like I had some kind of, I, I just thought of a lot of people at the same time. And I, it, I do think it's weird that, you know, they're representing New York in the nineties and it's just, you know, it, it's so very white. But that's okay. It's, it's not like I don't like the show. <laughs> if I didn't like the show, I wouldn't sit down and know all all these pointlessly random facts about it. <laughs> <to> that level. <laughs> it's it's not like there was back then. There was like some kind of you know, it's, that's that's not information that you keep on a wiki. Wikis don't have a section that say black people. <laughs> <You> <laughs> that's <know? laughs> true. That's
0: true. Yeah, because people who either people who are paying attention to that stuff either like are like oh this show is trash. Or people who are fans don't just completely ignore that stuff it's yeah, it's weird to me, like I think about that, oh sorry, go ahead
1: uh, i was gonna say, I think I like, a lot of my videos i just I like to sing and I like to rap, I don't have any confidence to do that in any real way. <laughs> so this is just an outlet for me to kind of express myself that way, so <laughs> I'll say that.
0: I don't know. It seems like, I don't know, especially like the the wordplay and stuff. Like I just watched your like Doritos, 22nd Doritos video. And like, <laughs> there's a lot of really nice like wordplay and stuff in that. So I wouldn't like, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't talk down to yourself to, you know, be too modest about it. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, But yeah, no, like I, uh it's weird because like, I see this like split on the internet like where it's either like and this is something that I've struggled with a lot I think it's something that a lot of people are struggling with but people don't talk about necessarily is it's like either you're like hardcore you're into like the social justice you're into like you know things being correct and and stuff not being problematic and like that kind of stuff and like you're you're looking at media through that way and you're you're, you're applying the be- bed bedchell test i can't fucking pronounce that Beckdel test uh, yeah. to, to media which i always thought that that whole thing was a joke but anyway like people are <laughs> applying it seriously uh, like all the time and yeah. um and, and and you're doing that stuff or you're like pure about enjoyment and you're like keep this social justice out of my shit man and like you know like y- you don't want anyone to like bring up that the sort of political aspects and you just want to enjoy something at the, at the level that it is and there's like it, it almost seems like those two things have like totally split and there's no way that you can be in between and be like okay yeah maybe this is politically kind of messed up but you know I can also like look at this and say like hey you know I see what maybe I enjoyed about this or even if I didn't enjoy it like I see like there's another kind of hidden weird component to this that like just goes beyond me being upset about it because it did something shitty, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of people now are just kind of, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. There, there's a sort of people at this point are really obsessed with not caring <laughs> about anything. Like half people just do not want to care. If if you care, you've lost the game, right? <laughs> And then, like you said, uh, uh, the other half is, is very, you know, it, the, the the media has to reach a certain potential just to, or, you know, a, a, the sort of a checklist way of watching things. Yeah. If, if if this is, if it's bad in this way, then it doesn't really work. And yeah, I agree. I, I, th- I think you can, when I watch something, I can, you know, I, I I don't blame people for not wanting to watch anything. Like, that's why do people, you know... So I, I never understand people who are like, you have to watch this thing, you you don't have to watch this thing, you know. If I mean, for my friends, fine, you know, but if it's just some stranger, you know, I, I I don't understand. I I think the part of my problem is that I do have taste in things, but I also feel like I can enjoy anything really. Mm-hmm. I feel like as I'm watching something, part of the reason why I make these videos like this is that in my mind, I'm breaking it down into its component parts. <laughs> at least the first time i watch it like maybe the second time i watch it i'll actually enjoy it but when i watch something the first time i watch it i'll just you know i'm saying okay i like this part I like this piece I like this piece that's it's really good you know like I, the movie Pootie tang the louis ck movie mm-hmm. god awful <laughs> but <laughs> i watch it and i'm like oh yeah okay i see what he was actually doing i can see where studio interference happened here <laughs> yeah I can see how the actors wanted to do this choice or this happened and oh this is actually, you know, and you know, it'll come on the side of good to me at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. This is it's yeah, it's a, it's a sticky wicket, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I yeah, I've been I've been struggling cuz I I think it's like um if you are uh if you're part of a group like if you're not white or you're like uh, trans or whatever, like you're part of a group that gets made fun of a lot in comedy or like treated poorly in terms of like depictions in media, yeah, historically, you kind of like at that's at one level that's fucked up and that needs to change, yes. But at another level, like um, so, so I totally understand people getting mad about that and people you know raising a fuss about it, and I'm I'm behind it at some level. But then on the other hand, like, I think once you're so used to, like, you get used to seeing microaggressions happen against, like, people like you all the time as just, like, because, like, that's the way that the world is. And so you kind of have to find a way, even though it kind of sucks like it does reflect the world that we live in that those things are depicted that way so you kind of have to find another way to understand it that goes just beyond feeling upset or angry about it i think
1: yeah i mean at a certain point it's you have to live in the world yeah with with people i mean i i live in the i live i live in the south i live in trump country right Mm. and at a certain point, you're gonna have to. If you if you're going to function in the world, you have to get along with people who have either terrible opinions or have already judged you in their mind before they have met you.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And it 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 fucking sucks. But it, it, when you try to, it, it, it's 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 two pronged, right? People who uh, kind of go for a checklist thing about I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this in my media. And when when part of it is just reflecting reality, or when part of it is just, you know, maybe they're not trying to show good-hearted people, responsible people, you know, socially aware people, to make, maybe that's not the funniest thing, or maybe that's not the scariest thing, or whatever the effect this thing is going for, you know. Maybe there is a purpose to this art beyond modeling behavior to you. And on the other hand, there's people who just you know everything is okay. Yeah. I don't care. You know, the the whole like if that's kind like of the, the I, so, it,
0: that's kind of the something awful position. <laughs> Oftentimes, not all the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sure, sure, and 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 you know, it, places like that, it's like something awful, especially or like Reddit. Let's say mm-hmm. people can really get into. Okay, I I just read this one little part of it, this little sliver. So I don't even recognize the huge problems with the rest of it over here. You know? And, yeah, but like you said, it it gets people who just kind of don't care that kind of weird, like, South Park, I guess. If you care, you lose, essentially. Yeah. If you have have an opinion about anything one way or the other, you lose. When I think, you know, something like South Park, like, this, this sounds weird, but I genuinely don't think that we would have as much Anti-Semitism today, if there wasn't as much like wacky, you know, goofy, uh, quote-unquote, ironic anti-Semitism on South Park.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: If 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 they weren't, you know, everything doesn't have to model behavior, but you know.
0: Oh, I saw. I I definitely saw that directly with, uh, when I came out as trans, like on a forum, someone was like, "Oh, you know, I wish I was a dolphin too," and I was like, "Yes, I have seen that episode of South Park. Congratulations, you you watched an episode of South Park." Yeah. And you just repeated it. And then, like, like there was that video of the kid, like, freaking out because uh, he got bullied for being a ginger because there was the South Park episode about gingers that was, like, I, I don't know, Cartman was, like, bullying gingers or something. So, he's, like, mm. really mad about it. So, he made a video about it. And then that video got in South Park. And then, like... Uh, and they made fun of that, and then like I like watched like later videos of him, and he was just like saying how none of his friends would hang out with him because they were like you're an embarrassment, and like all this other stuff. And I'm like, wow, is this really like like making like a, a you know 14 year old kid feel shitty? Like, is that is that what is that what you're about?
1: Like the self guys have made some of my favorite stuff, some of my favorite comedy. I think they're they're really smart and they can make really funny stuff, but. Some of it is just shit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Some of it is harmful, and to, either, to pretend like nothing matters is just you know, it's nonsense.
0: Yeah. I don't know, like the um. What was I gonna say? Yeah, I, I mean, I I sort of had a reaction uh where some of my favorite media, um, like one of my favorite movies, for example, is the movie Showgirls. Um mm-hmm. and like for a long time, like, I mean, if you look at that movie on the the fa- on its face, like it was written by Joe Estherhouse, who's like pretty clearly a misogynist. and like you, uh, you know, you look at what's in the movie and you know, the way that it treats people in the movie who are you know women like yeah it's it's shitty and you know some of the acting and the way that people talk in the movie but then if you actually like think about it oh no this movie is actually like really intelligent in the way that it deals with a bunch of different issues but it's, it's it's not directly depicted you sort of have to draw those conclusions like you have to draw the conclusions that for example the the best character in the movie is her friend who's a black woman who gets fucked over the most in the movie and is is the one who helps her out the most like um and or or that there's like a lot of like uh lesbian shit in that movie that is like you know anyway like the point yeah, is yeah. the point is like there are all these like uh degrees of like uh things that are going on in this like in this depiction of of shitty like in th- the ways that our culture are shitty, like there are all this other there's all this other stuff going on, and I don't think that people know oftentimes know how to like look at media that way in a way that like yeah you know and i I don't know if that's just like a you know i, I maybe it's just a cultural thing like we either view something as being all inherently political and don't really look at the artistic or like more kind of uh, hazy aspects of it, or we just look at something as pure enjoyment and don't want to even think about the political aspects of it. Like, I don't know, maybe that's a cultural literacy or something, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating to me.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think there's something to that. Like there, there's a lot of, you know, Paul Verhoeven or, or uh, John Waters or, or even like a TV show, like Mary with Children. Right there's there's like there's a little bit there's a there's a kind of sharp bit of reality kind of just stabbed in you for a second that you don't get from a more polished let's say middle class kind of thing and even stuff that has you know like I I uh, I don't even know how to say it <laughs> I I could not care less about the word problematic
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that's. That's why I made a game called Problematic. Yeah, exactly. It, it, was actually, it was actually a joke on the fact that everyone calls everything problematic.
1: I just realized it was talking to. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think people. But, uh, a lot of,
0: I don't think a lot of people got that I was like making fun of that. Yeah. At some level,
1: but. To me, just if you, if you think something sucks about something, just say that it fucking sucks. Yeah. Just say, oh yeah, this part is super racist. I hate it. You don't don't you don't have to say oh you know this is kind of it's, it's got issues this this is you know I don't know.
0: I think problematic makes you say, saying something. It's like more of an academic term, so it makes you sound a little bit more like uh, intelligent if you say that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I I don't know.
1: Like um. Gosh. I I definitely have elements in my videos that are you know problematic. Yeah that aren't that aren't nice they're 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 gross or weird or mean yeah it's not, my my stuff is not all just you know a fun dance party <laughs> a lot of my stuff has you know just you know and that's 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 part of me that's part of where it came from
0: that that is also like i don't know uh i mean part of the reason why this uh podcast is called beyond the filter is that it feels like uh, the Internet encourages, like, you personally kind of curate everything that you enjoy based on this very specific set of criteria. And that's the way that, like, a lot of technology and a lot of, like, social media and different, you know, YouTube and all the way aggregators and things like that mm-hmm. defines the way that we experience the Internet. So and And, like, therefore, culture, because we spend so much time on there, And so the idea of, like, I don't want to be exposed to, like, you know, Trump supporters or whatever, you know, Um, it's creating this weird division where there are all these, like, hidden realities beyond, like, what this filter is showing us.
1: And I think that that is doubled down by the fact that everyone is on the Internet because – there, we're now. The conversation space is not like this is. Oh, this is the internet for thirty year olds. You know, mm-hmm. this is the internet for people in their twenties. No, people who are thirteen. You know, people who are younger are having the same conversation. With people who are fifty five. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's no difference anymore. So everything comes flattened out. So no matter how young you are, people are like, "Oh yeah, you should already know this. Why don't you know this already?" You know, mm-hmm. there's there's no room for people to just kind of grow or be themselves they're kind of just kind of shunted into this flattened internet adulthood.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think like definitely mainstream cultural stuff has infiltrated into the internet and become, you know, a large thing. It, it, it makes me think of like, you know, like all your base or belong to us or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not like trying to like reminisce about the good old days or something. Cause I, you know, at the same <laughs> level, like a lot of those communities were really toxic and like really, uh, encouraged. Um, we're, we're like, you know, mostly white men who are in the communities. Like, yeah, yeah. um, so it, like, you know, it's not like saying that, that, that that was good at any level, but um, but that kind of, like, meme or whatever, so specialized, um, it, it kind of represents the internet being about something different, and uh, I feel like that gradually disappearing, or at least kind of going underneath the, like, it's sort of, I don't know, it's kind of hiding underneath, like, at this point.
1: You know what? I, I there is there is a Hallmark movie, <laughs> one of those family movies, about a black kid who wants to be a game designer, <laughs> and <laughs> this this is just a few years ago, and these kids they they're all going to this special school or something for game design, big contest, and it's it's hilarious. It's all you know the media represents video games there's the most crazy, bizarre, foreign thing, and it, I think it's a lot of fun. And in, and in that movie, these two kids, who are teenagers in, let's say, the year 2011, are like, hey, man, all your baser belong to us. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> this is just a family movie. And it's like, just some, some person on staff remember that, or some, you know, it all just gets filtered down into just the strangest places. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, there are, at some some level, like, a lot of people get mad about that stuff, and, like, they're losing that culture and all that kind of stuff, and at some level, like, I guess there's parts of that anger that is justified, but then at another level, it's kind of interesting to me, like, I was really, I, I know that the reason they made a Ghostbusters movie with all women was because of things that happened in the past several years online, and, like, like, sort of issues like feminism getting more play and like I actually really enjoyed that movie I mean for what it was Um mm-hmm. and yeah it's like this sort of weird neoliberal feminism whatever activism at some level but at another level like yeah, I don't know. Like I think we should be criticizing and enjoying things at the same time. Like
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: like one a, a game that I like to play a lot or that I still like at some level is Duke Nukem 3D. And that game is so stupid in terms of like its misogyny and like other stuff. But then there's all this mm-hmm. other weird stuff in the game and like I you kind of can't I don't know. Like I like to look at it where I can say both sides are are valid and, you know, both things are important, and yeah, I don't know. Um, I I'm I'm kind of interested to see how like they're actually the speaking of Paul Verhoeven, there's like a new movie that he made uh, that was at con which was uh, basically it's about a woman who gets she gets raped at the beginning of the movie, and it's basically about her dealing with that and processing that, and she works for a game design company. Uh, she's like in charge of a game design company who makes characters with like huge anime boobs and she's like telling them to make their anime boobs bigger and stuff like that. And and, like, I'm like really fascinated by this, like the fact that this culture has kind of infiltrated in a weird way. And I'm uh, actually kind of like curious to see that the way that this is like kind of permeates into larger culture, to be honest.
1: I don't yeah, know. me too. I mean, people get really upset with when um you know quote unquote nerd stuff or when when they've when you're a lonely kid and you have to base what little identity you can form out of the things you consume. It 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 kind of sticks with you for your whole life. Mm-hmm. So you're like, man, that's not Superman, you know. That's not <laughs> that's not Batman, you know. And the the this these prescribed things are the right ones and it's and we're and we, everybody's just holding on to these decrepit old franchises from the 1930s <laughs> and and they've, they've become myths in a way that they people you know used to just say oh yeah comics are modern myths and it, but at this point they are sort of a religion in and of themselves yeah all these varied interpretations and well, what does this character really mean What what is it what is their what are their morals and why should i be watching their story and I, I think that we people need a, a better outlets really, just in general. People people need there need to be better and more creative tools. Yeah. For people to, to build things for easier. For you know, you, you can't just tell somebody, oh yeah, just just dive into unity. It's real, you know, just <laughs> Yeah. Just I dive mean, I, in.
0: I know a lot of people who have done that and they don't realize that like actually, you know, it's not that easy.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I'm—I'm I'm pretty good with, let's say, the the game making program Click Team Fusion, right? <laughs> and and that is from my lifetime of cruft in my brain built up from the click and play days, right? Yeah. It, I wouldn't. It's nothing I would recommend to somebody. Oh, this is it. You're a new person. Just hop right in, you know. There's mm. so stuff like like Mario Maker is good. Yeah. But that's still is still within a one singular corporate entity in this one platform with this set of non-creative tools. But if somebody could make something like that for games, just, you know, a platformer maker, even that would be something. You know, stuff like Twine, which is not... It's not super hard.
0: Yeah. Well, the the weird irony about Mario Maker versus ROM hacks is, like, ROM hacks will have more longevity. Like, it's more... More people can play ROM hacks, like, in the future. In the future, like, I don't know, Nintendo might take down their servers and how will you play any of these games or any of these levels that people made anymore yeah and meanwhile like these rom hacks will still probably be online for people to play and anyone can play them on their computer like i mean it's not quite as easy but like it's the weird the weird like thing thinking about like how the official like uh you know something that is officially pr- uh approved like has is, has less, much less longevity.
1: Let, let me tell you something. Right now, as we speak, <laughs> there's, a, there's a program that Microsoft made called Project Spark, which was sort of a 3D game design tool that you know, mm-hmm. it's it's similar to Mario Maker. People had uploaded levels. You can look some of them up on YouTube. You know, people are like, oh, you know, let, me, let me make Sonic, let me make Mario, let me make this and there, that you know, it, it's more robust than Mario Maker and it's a full kind of 3D tool. And right now, you cannot pay for the program you can't download it for free you can't use it and the user levels are about to get all get taken down in the next few weeks here wow so unless somebody goes ahead and you know tries to find a way to save all this information within literally the next few weeks here a sort of micro culture will be lost Yep. And that that that's exactly what probably will happen with Mario Maker in, you know, 5 years, 10 years, who knows, but you know.
0: Well, and that's the thing with like online communities is there there's so much or and and microcultures is there's so there's like it's really dependent on someone being there to be like this is important. I am going to preserve this. Like And it's not going to be a corporate entity. It's not going to be government or whatever that does this because they have no interest in it. It's going to be somebody who lives in fucking Iowa or whatever, like, you know, like, and who, like, commits their, like, like, it's, it was, I mean, I've said this about, like, Wolfenstein 3D. Like, I discovered Wolfenstein 3D modding. It's not a very big scene compared to, like, Doom modding or whatever. Um, Yeah. And I discovered it through this guy, Mr. Lowe's Wolf Three D page. This guy literally like uploaded every Wolfenstein three D mod that he was ever sent or he could find. He put it on this page. It's still up there. It still like looks the same way and he's like literally committed a lot of his life to preserving that. And, you know, I don't know what'll happen when it goes down. Hopefully somebody else preserves it. But like that all that stuff is still there because one person did that, you know?
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of where we are. Little little tiny things, uh, ZZT, or um, what was I thinking of? So there's, a, there's an old Microsoft program called 3D Movie Maker.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, there's a lot of movies are made for it. This is And this is almost pre-internet. It's right, like, 95, 96. Yeah. So pe- people were just starting to share stuff with that. And there's still a community of people who make it and save movies from it. But, you know... This is just, or little little TI-80 calculator games. Yep. People save those, you know. That was
0: like so a huge part of culture in my school, Is the, are those games.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and there's so much, so many things like that where just creative communities are kind of just limited to what they can save or who wanted to save, you know. You probably just downloaded the things that you liked. You probably weren't trying to be an archaeologist, yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: But, you know. No, that's the like, um, like I know Frank Cifaldi talks a lot about game preservation, but I, I guess mm-hmm. my pe- my pet peeve, and I hear people talking about it, my pet peeve of that is like, he only talks about console games. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. And like, um, like I don't know, like he's he did a he did a talk at um, GDC that I thought was really good about emulation and how emulation is important and how Mm -hmm. it preserves a lot of things like you go and download the oops you go and download the entire rom set of nes roms and you can find all these weird pirate things like weird rom hacks and stuff like that and yeah so so many people who probably downloaded this whole rom set have that on their computers and uh, or they've you know so many people have freaking color a dinosaur or some like really random obscure nes game on their computers (laughs) but how many of those people like uh like but then at the same time people are way less interested in preserving like random indie games that somebody made on some program that's like you know even sure. like 10 years ago a lot of these games don't exist anymore like you know there's a pretty good chunk of games that you cannot play anymore that are less than 10 years old and and they're not like and and it's weird it's just weird how there's that kind of like interest in Things that are Nintendo or specific eras of culture, and maybe it's just that people who grew up with like early indie games or something need to get older so that they they could try to preserve <laughs> the stuff that's out there or whatever. But it's yeah. just weird how selective that kind of uh, that kind of knowledge around that stuff is. Um, yeah,
1: like we people are worried about you know flash games, and we still we we still got to worry about tape trading games on old. ZX Spectrum stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's 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 always there's always more and there's always I, I, I love those kind of worlds. I just love I love the mystery of just the obscure media and that's that's part of why I make the stuff I make. Yeah. I like some some of my Sonic stuff is literally me hacking the ROM. <laughs> so what'll do a certain thing, you know? And I I, I really like just I I recently stumbled upon this bizarre wiki of, of fanfiction. fan fiction. <laughs> Somebody had written,
0: uh,
1: uh seven different spin spinoffs. Comprised of like 105 different seasons. Wow. And it's nothing but episode fictional episode synopsis. Just paid. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's just a tome. and, <laughs> I love it. I, 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 I really – a lot of people have this reaction to fan fiction or fan art where they just want to make fun of it. But I am yeah. just – I love the scope of it. I love uh, weird indie published Amazon books. Yeah. Just I, – I, I the freedom, that the tools we have today, they're not great. But for, let's say, music and text, <laughs> they're pretty good. Mm-hmm for people who want to just make something real quick. And there's, there's just so much of it out there that, you know.
0: Yeah. um, I don't know. That's, that's a fear of mine, like with people increasingly being on smartphones and iPads and things like that of like, there's less, you have less ability to like do creative things in those, in those, like, there are apps and things that you can use that you can be creative in, but they're much more limited than, you know, designated programs for a computer where you can go in and change all these things, and, like, Mm -hmm. and it's much more corporately controlled, especially, like, like, with smartphones. Um, I mean, it depends on what smartphone, but still, like, that experience is so defined in a specific way, and that, that, like, that influence of um, sort of the business side of tech culture is becoming so apparent on the way that we experience the Internet. And, like, I mean, I think that there's too much, maybe too much of a background in this more anarchistic, like, uh, make what you want, you know, whatever, for that to completely ever go away. But that it has gone a lot more underground. And um, I don't know, it it's uh, maybe maybe i don't know like i i don't know what to to think about that cuz at the same time like you know youtube has become mainstream and youtubers are have become popular but and and that's something that is like the the media isn't it isn't or ostensibly controlled by the same few outlets but then in the same way it's now controlled by tech companies or you know those yeah. the, the way that you experience things so i guess it's trading one thing for another but like I don't know, I just, I guess I have a lot of fear about that kind of approach um, disappearing and the ability to go in and, like, you know, text edit and make your own website or the ability to, like, you know, I, I don't know, like, share things and make things in the way that you want to make them. Um yep.
1: I... And, you know, I, I've had stuff taken off of YouTube, stuff taken off of SoundCloud, stuff taken off of Vimeo, stuff taken off of Tumblr, you know, you just... It's it's a shell game you're playing half the time, yeah. With stuff that you make, and it would be it copyright or just they don't want it for whatever reason you know. You're limited by whatever you know, and and it's not like people we don't live in the age of web rings or <laughs> just people posting their own websites you know. Mm-hmm. It it's it's all through Facebook. It's all through Twitter. This is where you get everything. It, oh, here's a list that BuzzFeed made, you know. This is this is the final word on this specific weird thing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's I've noticed that with, like, my blog. Like, I wrote a post on my blog. And less people are going to read it even though my blog was relatively popular just because it's on somebody's blog. Mm-hmm. It's not on, like, a particular website. And, and I see that with, like, political articles. There are things that are super in-depth or interesting but because they're on a website no one heard of people aren't gonna click on it and that's like that's yeah. what happens with YouTube it's like you know you make your own video like let's say you're worried about copyright stuff so it's like oh I'd rather upload this to a specific server or something like that no one's gonna watch it then um, I mean some people yeah. might watch it but no one's gonna watch it unless you put it on YouTube but then if you put it on YouTube you risk it being taken down.
1: And there 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 are some initiatives people have to try to make this these independent tools that are let people oh yeah, this is just kind of a a non corporate sharing thing you know this is this is not for profit, but it, it never really works out that way we're kind of already locked in right now at this point,
0: yeah, I guess like hopefully in the future, and I can't predict the future obviously, but hopefully um there will be people who will find a way to um like what i what i want what my like idealized vision is people being able to create something that is more user like modifiable like you can there's more ways in which you can sort of modify your experience in a way that's artistic not in a way that's like oh customize what you want to see on your video feed or whatever Um,
1: But do you know what, though? Even with all the problems with this corporate internet, what really excites me is that, and even though people are all kind of in the same space, they're still really not. Yeah. Like, there is so much done. There's entire worlds behind Snapchat and Vine. That's true. And Tumblr's that are just, would be completely alien to me. Mm -hmm. and I would never even go there in the first place to look for them, you know?
0: Yeah. I guess that's good and bad in a way, because
1: I I feel sad that those things can't, like,
0: get an audience outside of their community, but then at the same time, maybe it's good that some things don't ever get super big.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it not curated and curated, I guess, you
0: know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just, like, uh, I want like creativity to be more of a part of the experience of the internet now. Cause it used to be in the past.
1: Yeah. It'd be nice. We could, if we get, you know, stuff, the old days, you just, you would go to a website and you would not even know what to expect. It might be a flash site. It might be weird JavaScript you've never seen. Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't just this kind of sanded down, nice looking Squarespace site or whatever, you know? Yeah it was just something wild or weird and that's, that's that's kind of nice. I I am nostalgic for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's the the way that maybe people can still have an impact on culture in the internet is um is to try and create your own spaces and your own sort of communities or your own ideas that aren't just trying to uh echo mainstream or other consensus because I f- I feel like that's my biggest issue is um you know like those let's plays or those reviews that kind of echo the same consensus or like media that kind of echoes the same consensus like something that is more kind of in its own territory using its own language combining things in its own way and 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 unapologetically doing that and existing in the same space as some of this other stuff and i guess that's what i hope for and i hope to encourage more people to do that kind of stuff rather than trying to speak to the mainstream that is probably not gonna listen to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I still like that, you know, if you watch Adult swim at four in the morning, you're gonna you literally will see an experimental film, you know? <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll see something that's just uh, you know that that is not the least it's it still has to go through its own filters, it still has to go through a corporate, you know, media, but there's still some humanity sprouting up under there, you know, Mm -hmm. something you can really see.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, so is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we go? Hmm.
1: can't really think of anything. Okay. Well, go, go ahead. (laughs) I, I just, I, I really, I, I like what I do a lot and I'm really grateful that people have, it, that it, somehow I have connected with the people out there no matter how weird it is. It makes you feel alive, you know? <laughs>
0: it's it's all really weird at some level. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been... This has been beyond the filter. I've been talking to Topher Florence, aka Doc Future. His YouTube channel is Doc Future One. You have other videos out there in mysterious corners of the internet, like the that Doug thing. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Look,
1: look up look up the uh, YouTube channel Helter Skeeter. Helter Skeeter, that's what it is. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, I, I like I like that
0: one. All the all the different covers of Helter Skelter combined with <laughs> with Doug. <laughs> Um and Sonic Two Special Edition, which you can uh probably Google. It's on the Let's Play Archive.
1: Yeah, I'd recommend watching that version. The one on YouTube is not really complete because of copyright, so <laughs> Yeah. Um
0: and yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of your videos. It's been great to have you on. I feel like this has been a good conversation. Hopefully we can talk some other some you know, some time later. But yeah. yeah sure. Um Okay. Cool. Well, thank you for for coming on.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Liz. It was a pleasure.
0: (laughs) Cool. Well, I will see you guys on the next podcast.